Do you ever struggle with your fuzzy brain? I do. Welcome to the Uncluttered Office Podcast. Here I share what I've learned from my struggles with chemo brain and executive functioning disorder. I'm your host, Katherine Avery. I'm a former Wall Streeter, now entrepreneur, with 20 years of experience in business and office design. I'm a badass cancer survivor and thriver, mom of a teen, a wife, and a lifelong learner. I've discovered that whether we lose our keys, misplace our files, or constantly forget important appointments, we can learn to be more productive. We can design a work and home life that is simpler, easier, and much more manageable. Listen in and learn how to create a plan to streamline your space and your systems so you can be more focused and organized. Hey everyone, Catherine Avery of ProductivityByDesign.com and your host of the Uncluttered Office podcast. Today I have a special guest, a great friend and colleague, Zachary Fisk, goes by Zach. He's a technologist, productivity tool enthusiast, and nature advocate. He recently launched ZNF Consulting to assist non-tech savvy small business operators to integrate technology into their workflows. In his spare time, he is hiking and practicing mobile photography and desktop editing. Welcome, Zach. So psyched you're here. Thank you for that great welcoming there, Catherine. It's uh, exciting to be on your show. I've been listening to several episodes, and I like your concept and where you're going. Well, I have to tell you, you fill in a really great gap. I am really good at processes and workflows, but I don't always know the best technology tools to set them up. So I kind of, let's say we start with uh, project management software. And a lot of big companies, they have their own system they've created. For me, for a very long time, I used Asana and loved it. Was very, very happy with Asana. And then one day I just burned out on it. I didn't want to use it anymore. And by one day, I mean six years later. I don't mean like I used it for six months and quit. Then I moved over through a whole variety of different things, trying things, which was great because as someone who recommends project management workflows to their clients for productivity, it was good that I could see and try a bunch of different ones. Terrible for my productivity. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know that is. Coming along, right? So I used, uh, I tried Trello, which everyone would think, knowing me being very visual, that I would love Trello. I didn't. It was just not my thing. Sorry, Trello. It's a beautiful system for people who are wired that way. It's great. And then now I'm using Todoist, but I'm trying something called Sorted, S-O-R-T-E-D. So it's going to be interesting to see what I think about it. I'm. It's hard to transition. So let's talk for you. Do you have a favorite tool you use for project management? Or do you set up your own? Kind of a combination of all of the above. I've been using Trello for a while now. I like it for keeping track of those larger projects and having a place to keep notes. I, you can share it with others, which is very valuable. Set up a board and you can share it with somebody else. And now you can both collaborate on that project and move it forward. So I also find that most of the time, I just go back to simple things like Google Task. It's right there. It's right next to my Gmail account. I can click on the little side panel up pops out and I've learned to keep separate lists in there. So I will have a list for my inbox. These are things that I might want to get to. And every week I'll review that list and see what items need to be pulled into my current week list. 
And that way I can execute them throughout the week and plan that accordingly. Sometimes it might be just creating a task to create that Trello page. Right. And a new tool I've been looking at, just started looking at it yesterday with more seriousness is Notion. And I like how Notion comes together and it brings in Trello-like management as well as Evernote note-taking and other calendaring and just general blogging as well for yourself or collaboratively. It looks really interesting. I might start trying to incorporate that more and probably drop a little bit from Trello. I hear you. I yeah. hear the to-do list thing. And I think that's really important because to-do-ist with no L is really very list oriented, but you schedule, well, you don't have to schedule things on it, but then nothing ever moves from your to-do list. Here's something at least I know for myself. If I put it on my to-do list and it isn't calendared with a set time, it's not going to happen. So I'll give a perfect example. I need to call, uh, I needed to call, actually, it's done already, one of my daughter's doctors, and it wasn't in my calendar. And I was just like, oh, yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. I'll do that. A week went by, and I didn't get it done. And finally, I'm like, you have got to literally put this. I did two things. One, I had a huge note on my desk so that I couldn't miss it when I came into work, you know, down the hall in my home office. <laughs> and it said, you know, call Dr. Sid. And then I had on my calendar that morning in the big block letters, the very first thing, you know, priority one, call Dr. Sid. And once I put it on my calendar, then I did it. So anytime you can use a project management software that allows you to calendar something, it's really great. I'm also a big fan of color coding. So I love to prioritize things. So I love when there's like a little red flag, a little blue flag, a little yellow flag. <laughs> Remind me which priority is which. Yeah, all the flags. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Very, very helpful for me. Yeah. yeah. Let's talk Google and Gmail because Google Suite, which I'm just starting to dabble in far more than I ever have, has so many things that I never thought of. My my new favorite <laughs> is schedule <laughs> on Gmail. I love that if I think of something I need to tell a client over the weekend, that I can schedule it to go out on Monday morning. Meaning now the client doesn't think, oh, she works on the weekends. And then wants a piece of me over the weekend because I really do try to take at least one solid day off. How about you? Do you use some of the better features of Gmail that I probably don't know anything about? I never thought about using the scheduling for that purpose. And that's a great idea. I've used it for other reasons, just to make sure that that email's on top when right. people are coming in on Monday morning ah. from that purpose. And that's the, you're, I have a really good, interesting perspective. One of the things I really like about the Gmail suite or the, the Google suite is having that, that side panel I mentioned a moment ago. Because as you click on it, you take a Gmail a email message and drag it into your task list. It now becomes a task. Now you can action it. You can also drag it right into your calendar to create a calendar event. And you have all the details right there on your calendar page from the email. It creates a link so you can click on that link and pull up that full email message. Mm, the same with the same with the keep. And I use Google Keep. So I, I use Evernote, as I mentioned. I'm switching a little bit more to Notion now. But I do use Google Keep because it's a great place for shorter notes that I want to have easily accessible from on my phone. For instance, having my tire pressure, the types of tires I need for my car or motorcycle right there, bicycle, but I need to have all those little statistics. Nice. Short workflows for photography. How do I do this again? There it is. It's right there. I can pull it up quickly. 
So that's kind of filling the gap for that purpose. And it's always syncing up. I can create quick notes if I'm leading a hike or a motorcycle ride or something on what roads or trails I might be taking. I can pull that quickly and I know where to make turns. Oh, nice. So it's, uh, it's as you mentioned, it's very valuable. And, and contacts is one thing I want to touch on while we're on this call, because that's a whole wealth of tools. I don't think people even know how much you can do with it. Ooh, okay, so we're gonna put we're gonna put a pin in go- context because I just want to quickly say you've given me a brilliant idea. I have never used Google Keep. Yesterday we were buzzing through Target. My husband needed to pick something up. I needed to make a return somewhere else. And my husband said, "I know you're running low on printer ink. Let me grab it for you." And I said, "I don't have what it is." Now here's the interesting thing. Usually I throw the ink cartridge in my purse when I'm headed down to Staples to get more ink. Right which, or, you know, order it depending on what the deal is. At any rate, had I used, had I thought to use Google Keep, this is going to be so great. I could put what my inks are for my printer right into Google Keep and I'd have easy accessibility to it. And it's funny because literally yesterday I said to my husband, I really need to store this information somewhere on my phone. I mean, more and more of my brain is going on to the telephone. (laughs) cell phone and less and less of it is keeping in here because I am, you know, 55 and I don't hold things in my memory as well as I did at say 25. So talk to me about the contacts function on Gmail because I will. There's a ton of opportunity there. I have a CRM, so I don't tend to use it, but I'm open. So hit me up. Yeah. And one part as as I segue into that is one of my favorite quotes from Albert Einstein, a reporter Included an interview and asked Albert Einstein for his phone number in case he had any further questions. Einstein turned and opened up his phone book, looked up his number, and wrote it down on a slip of paper. The reporter was dumbfounded and said, I'm surprised you don't know your number. He's like, why should I memorize something that I can look up? Right. So that's where our phones really fill in. And it fits with the contacts. It fits with your ink example and everything. So yeah, try out Google Keep for those little things. There's labels. That you can have your household or your office label. You know, I mentioned the, the garage label for cars and motorcycles and everything just falls together pretty well. So contacts, you know, I'm surprised still at this day and age. And this is one of the things that one of the reasons why I decided to launch a, a business to help small business owners, like probably like tradespeople and, and so forth. So I see people out there still saying, I'm getting a new phone. I need to type all my contacts back in. I still hear that and I'm surprised. And all that stuff syncs up to the cloud. Right. So it's one place where, yes, if you're out in the field, you're meeting somebody, go ahead, jot down their contact information into your phone. At some point, maybe once a week, maybe later that day, go online. And if it's Google, contacts.google.com. No iPhone has an equivalent. I don't know the exact address. I can help people out. I know I can help people out with that looking over the shoulder. But as you go through there, now you can label it. You can organize it. You can give them labels. Like, you know, we know each other from Toastmasters. So I have a label next to Toastmasters for your name. I can click on it and I can see you right there. So whatever, how you meet people and how you need to organize them. Once you get in there, though, some contacts, you want to create that personal relationship with them. Mm. And like, how do you do that? Well, contacts has a note field right there. So perhaps you should you know, talk to them when you meet them. What are their kids' names? What age is their kids right now? Jot down that 
date so that next year you can say, oh, did your kid have a birthday recently? They must be you know, a year older now, whatever that number might be. You can now connect to them on a more personal level, level later on in life. Maybe you know what grade they're in or whatever that case may be. So if you jot down, like I created this note, 2021, 2022, that you know the, the child will be a year older, you know their names, you can ask about them, and it's all right there. So yes, you're using a CRM for a more professional level, but some people just don't need that level of complexity. And just getting these little tips, such as using contacts more efficiently. And the note-taking function is really key. I mean, even in active campaign, which is what I use for my CRM. I, I do use that note-taking function, and it's great when you can remember. I'll give you a great example of a simple, easy $10 a year technology that people go crazy for, um, and I do very little of the work. <laughs> I have, when I know them, people's birthdays, and I put them into Jackie Lawson online cards, and I think it's just JackieLawson.com. I think it's maybe $10 a year and it comes out of my personal email. So it's sent from my personal email and I have my virtual admin. I give her all the names for who they are, what they are. And she schedules each month birthday cards to go out to all those contacts. Years later, I hear from people. I loved that birthday card you sent. And it's a huge hit with people. People love to be remembered on their birthday. And it's great to say, oh, happy birthday on Facebook. Imagine sending a card that's a, it's an animated card via email. Like I said, maybe $10 a year. I mean, even if it's gone up to $20 a year, it is just a no-brainer. Something to think about when you're with your clients, get their birthdays. They don't, you don't have to have the year if anybody's embarrassed, just the month and the date. And then that way you can send this card that takes me very little time to set up, literally at the end of each month, she sends me a list and says, this is last year's list. Do you have anyone to add to it? Anyone to subtract? Because God forbid, occasionally, believe it or not, some of my contacts pass away. Or yeah. they moved and their, their email address has changed or whatever. But by doing that, it's what? Maybe 30 minutes of my time once a month. And then she's so fast. She zips through these things. She's got them done in under an hour for each month. That's a great tip. I didn't know of that service. I meant to bring that up though as my contacts because Google Contacts has a place for those birth dates and you can see on your calendar birth dates and that's a, a label right there. So it's they also have a way of doing the same thing, probably not to the obviously not to the same level of that service, which sounds very valuable and helpful. You know, I can definitely see the value in that if that's high on your priority list because it does give you that great personal touch. And I figure you've got to, I probably have 25 people per month that are maybe 15 to 25, let's say, they get birthday cards. So that's contacting 15 to 20 people a month in a way that's not, hey, do you want to buy my new service? You know, not icky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a touch point. And I get really lovely thank you notes from people. They're very excited. And, and the nice thing about Jackie Lawson is they can say thank you just by turning around and responding right there. So it's not a ton of extra work for someone who's getting a card from you. They don't have to feel obliged to do some fancy handwritten thank you note, which is great. Yeah, it, absolutely. It sounds wonderful. It's, I'm going to check that out. Jackie Lawson? Yep. Okay. I'll put the link in the uh, show notes and I'll, I'll give you the link, Zach. While I'm talking about that, handwritten is huge. People don't send mail anymore. So if here's a very low-tech thing. 
have basic cards with your name, your company name, your contact information, and your photograph. It's not my idea. That's Bob Berg. I'm going to grab one so I can show people. This is my old one. It really needs to be updated, but I'm almost out of them. So it's literally, for those on the podcast, they can't see what I'm saying. My logo at the top, a little tiny headshot of me. So the people who might have forgotten, you know, who is that again? A little picture, my name, my contact information, just team. That's beautiful. That's awesome. And then on the back, I do have, you know, pictures of offices I had done in the past, again, with the logo, but you could really do anything on the back. And this, I think I ordered these from Moo.com. I think okay. I might not have. I might have ordered these just. Could probably do them from Vistaprint as well or any, any of them. Come up with yeah. the name, Vistaprint. Yeah. This is, this is, do the size that fits the A10 envelope. That's your standard envelope. Super okay. easy. And, you know, you scribble a note. You just met with someone or had a Zoom meeting. It was so great to meet with you. Uh, what was the next step you were probably doing? Uh, look forward to someday when we can all meet, you know, in person again and have a cup of coffee or whatever you want to say. And you sign it and you send it out. I know people who keep these. Like, they think they're amazing. People really do love a handwritten card. And to be honest, I've gotten out of the habit of sending them. So I need to do it again. I, I received a handwritten card and I'm st- I still right here in my inbox because I keep looking at it and I was like really impressed and excited to get it. And because of that, I recently sent out a handwritten thank you card to somebody else and nice. my boss and it really was won me over. So that is great. All right. What other brilliance do you have to share? You said something earlier um, when we were talking before we got on officially about conferencing tools that you had written an article not long before we all went to all Zoom all the time. I know. So it it was last January. I, I wrote, wrote a blog post about using conference tools. I didn't know we were going to all be emerged into them two months later. So I was thinking like, well, what can something that you know some small business people do that might help stand them apart? And they can have more meetings more efficiently. Or perhaps if it's like a someone builder, they need to share plans with a client. It might be easier to share their screen. And so that might be something they haven't thought of before because Zoom is Zoom, WebEx, any of them have that screen share capability. So it was something I I thought about and it's like, hey, use Zoom. You can meet more efficiently in the evening. You don't have to, you are a builder, be out building all day long and come in and have that hour or two in the evening for your office time. Meet with your clients that way, share plans. However, I think at this point, we're all very immersed in them and we're probably trying to find ways to get back to other modes of communication, if anything. So. It was an interesting idea, and I pro- there's probably still some people that need to be chicken up on that idea a little bit more than they are because they're just set in their ways of going and meeting in person. And yes, in person, definitely. But there are times where that this bridge this might bridge the gap and offer some new levels of communication. You haven't thought about you know sharing, as I mentioned, sharing images or plans. They can talk about them at the same time and point things out. I'm definitely familiar with Zoom and WebEx. Are there others that I'm not aware of? Microsoft Teams now has emerged over the past year. And Google Meet has also emerged. In the past, Google had Hangouts and they had video in there. I was able to, I have, I've had that meetings and Microsoft had Skype in the past. They switched the team. I had someone reach out to me and say, let's Skype. And I was like, I don't even know what my Skype account is. (laughs) It's yeah. very funny. I'm like, I have a, you know, I, I upgraded to the better sort of Zoom 
level. And I don't, I'm not going to be able to remember exactly what the Zoom is, but it's the level I upgraded to was under 100 participants or up to 100 participants. So Mm -hmm. you get that little extra, which is nice. And I really like about Zoom. Like now I can create my own meeting room code. So I actually use my cell phone number, which is way easier to be able to That's really cool. Yeah. yeah, I love that. And you can create your own passcode. So of course, you know, my passcode has to do with what I do. I'm not going to broadcast it to everybody. <laughs> I don't want people jumping in while a client's on a call. But it really, and then the neat thing is, is you can also set it up. And I learned this the hard way. So if you label something like podcast Zach, and then use my Zoom room, my casual Zoom room, it's just going to come up as the Zoom room. So if you want to use in Zoom to label it a specific thing, you know, podcast dash Zach, you, you go in and you set it so that it has its own individual meaning ID number. So interesting, fun fact for those of us who are stumbling our way still through Zoom on recordings, the last thing I want to do is have to be going back to each individual recording and listening and then determining which interview was with Zach. That's another way to streamline a process. Yeah. That is real simple thing, but until you do it wrong, (laughs) you may or may not realize that it's something you need to do. I'd love to talk about any process that you've had super fun doing with a client recently that would be helpful for our listeners. One of the places where I've been helping one, one of my friend's clients is with his website. So just going through his website. And one of the things we tackle first is getting the security up to date because now it's pretty much expected that you have your SSL certificate set up, which means that your website shows that little lock icon in the browser. And if you don't, you're going to be ranked down in any Google or search engine responses. So if people are looking for you, looking for the subject that you are offering, they're not, you're going to be at the bottom of the list to at least have that locking mechanism there. Right. Because the browsers aren't going to recommend people to go to your website. So that was helpful. Then we went back and we looked at the types of things he's doing and he's a Tai Chi instructor. And I came up with some ideas of like how he can blog and I gave him, and I I think he really liked it, like four ideas so that he could do one per week and just keep rotating it through. So like one theme, he'll always do that theme the first week of the month and next theme, the second week of the month and so forth. And I think he's uh, really moving forward on that. So it was, not only was I helping with software and technology, but I think I offered them some good you know, strategy advice that so was kind of interesting and fun to do. I love that. I am um, a huge believer in themes. It really helps me organize my thoughts. So I use themes for social media and I have a lot of my social media automated as well. And I use an old fashioned spreadsheet to put the information in. So again, so that my assistant can grab the information and put it into Hootsuite. So what I do is I have a theme for the month. And I learned this from a gal who helped me with my writing style, which uh, she helped me get my writing style closer to my voice. Because what was happening was I talked one way and I was writing in this very formal, stilted, you know, former English major, corporate person way. And it wasn't resonating with the audience. So at any rate, themes. So my theme for January has been habits. And everything I've written about has been around how we do our habits. So it might be that Monday, I typically do some kind of a statistic or sort of a businessy kind of story. 
that starts the week and I'll talk about habits. Then Tuesday, it's a testimonial. And so it's kind of maybe habits, maybe not. I don't worry too much about that. But Wednesday is what I call Wisdom Wednesday that's out there in the social media world. And I talk, I use a quote about habits. So I've been kind of using a lot by James Clear recently because he wrote the book Atomic Habits and I just finished reading it. But Aristotle has a great quote on habits. You get the idea. Then Thursdays, I do sort of my promotional day, whatever I'm going to talk about for my business. And then Friday is always a question, sort of a fun, do you do this? What about that? How do you handle this kind of question? May have come up from a client, may have come up just during the week, maybe just something pulled out of my brain. (laughs) And, And what's interesting and what I learned from this gal was the reason you pick theme for the month, similar to having blog posts that you choose for each week, is people need to be told over and over and over again for a message to get through. And I think it's six times or something. It's it's at least three, but I think it's six. So I've heard that same number. Yes. Six. Right. And then with social media, they don't see every one of your posts. So you could probably post the same thing every week, once a week, and no one would necessarily know that it was a repeat. And in fact, sometimes I reuse content from say six months to a year ago and then I update it, change it, put a little spin on it slightly and reuse it in the social media, especially when I get stuck and I'm like, oh, I don't want to write Or even it. posting it at a slightly different time. So maybe right. you posted that last week at 8 a.m. and this week you're going to do it at 3 p.m. Exactly. So it's a great way to reuse content. And since we're talking about workflows and, and efficiencies, that's another way to be efficient. I love that you're talking about website because... Our websites can get really cluttered. Case in point, me. (laughs) My website has so many pages, many of which I don't even use anymore. And there's, I kind of want to do a purge. I want to delete a bunch of the pages that just don't even matter anymore. So here's my question for you, Zach. I assume I can back up my website, but is there a way to kind of back up individual pages so I don't lose that content in case I ever want to use it again? Because right now, just keeping it as a repository, let's say I right now on my website, I probably have... 50 pages. And it's just confusing. It means I have to search through them, find them. And I do use keywords, don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. But still, I'd love to be down to say 20 pages. What do you one, one, one easy way is just unlink them. Now you're still carrying the weight of having them in the folders if you ever are looking at your website from the back end. But most people are using web editing tools and so forth. And you don't see that stuff, but you would know it's still there. So that's just a quick, easy way. You can also just take them as you, you, of course, back it up first. Right. Always have that full backup and you'll have, definitely have all your content. Now it's, what I'm suggesting is whether you want to have it really easily available and just, you know, just behind the scenes. That is one mode. Maybe having a... a, Does does, does like WordPress have an archive function? I'd love to archive stuff. That's a good question. I'm going to look, investigate that. I think that would be amazing. I mean, I archive emails and I use um, Maelstrom to do that. And, you know, I, I get so many emails from my folks and I'm always nervous that I'm going to lose something important in there. So I've just learned that I archive like last year's emails from them so that I don't, you know, if, if, I, if my mom says I need X, Y, Z, I'm like, okay, hold on, I'll go back. It's in the archives and I can find it. So I don't really want to ever lose anything because let's face it, anything we've created can be recreated in some way at a later date or just, you know, the knowledge that you created is there and, you know, it kind of brings Absolutely. up. Absolutely. I mean, you may need to just rework it. You know, just reword yeah, it. You right. want to you want to go back and see what you created, and like that was great. And now I want to 
kind of freshen it up for today's audience. Exactly. Exactly. I find that we've all, well, I don't want to say all, I and many others, <laughs> because we can store so much on the cloud. And of course, there's a lot of tools you can use for that. I personally use Dropbox. We can talk about those tools. We, we've gotten in this habit of just like saving everything, which means eventually we're just taking a whole lot of, you know, ether space, which is makes it hard to search. So let's, let's talk about that for a sec, actually. I think that's a really worthwhile thing to talk about. I'm looking for a tool. I know they have them for photos. I don't know if they have them for just files, folders on your computer. I'd love to have something that shows me where I've got a repeat. So like I found that I had my marketing file folder three different places. Now, two is good because, well, actually four. So I had one on the computer, one in Dropbox, one on a hard, you know, travel drive, an external hard drive. So I back up both to the cloud and external hard drive. And then one other, there was just a repeat that was random that I absolutely positively didn't need. I'd love to know if there's any kind of like a sort function that helps you find a keyword in multiple places so that you could just delete the oldest version of something. That exists. Am I making stuff? I, yeah, no, I believe that does exist. I don't know what the, not familiar with the tools, but you can, there are, in, just in your operating system, there are built-in search mechanisms that will help with some of that information, but there are, I know there are more advanced tools. And if that was something that I had a client needed, needing help with, I would definitely be researching that and I could help them. Listen, I see, I see the thought you put either, into either, your, in your planning yeah, into yeah. your hikes. So I have no doubt you do the same for your yep. clients, which is great. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, 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 that's one of the fun things I like to be approached with. Like if someone came to me with that question, I'm like, okay, I'd be off researching it for a while. I'm like, okay, here it is. Let's, Implement it to your workflow and clean up your files or whatever the case may be. There's also something to be said for naming conventions of your file folders on your computer and and finding them. And it's interesting because there was a study done. And for folks like me who are a little on the more seasoned side, we tend to have many, 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 many folders. And people who are younger, let's say of the millennial generation or generation X or whatever, actually I'm generation X. So millennial and sort of younger, they are so good at searching. They use far fewer folders. They prefer to have more in a folder than less. And they've got, you know, the keywords set in their file names. So they're super searchable. They are. And I like to browse. I think that's probably our generation. We like to go out and browse. It's like going into the library. One of the me methods I recently came across is just using a simple A, B, C, D alphabet mechanism, A through Z, and just have one top-level folder for every letter of the alphabet. And under that, the goal is really to only have two clicks to everything, but I, I break that rule all the time, so I go further. But so I'll have a folder for T, and then under T, there'll be another subject folder, and then under that, I'll keep going. And that's probably where I'm breaking the rule. Right. But it's, I did like to incorporate that idea of just having a top level A through Z. And it's drastically cleaned up my Dropbox. Right. So I've been really pleased with using that. I've been moving that direction too, because I'll give you a perfect example. I, I keep a whole database of photographs, photographs I've taken, photographs that are stock that you know either I've purchased or free photographs online. I particularly like Unsplash. I think they're more sort of fun and have a nice vibe. Um, and that's, those are free photographs. 
with the suggestion, of course, that you credit the photographer, which as you're a photographer, I know you appreciate. So I just recently reworked all that because what I was doing was having my stock photographs be a separate area. And then it was like, where's that photograph of? And now I'm going to stock versus my own. And so I've been re, I've all almost taken some of the subfolders out and kind of merged them so that it's more obvious, more easily found. Yeah, that's definitely. It's more efficient. Yep. And, you know, efficiency is everything. So speaking of efficiency, (laughs) we've got a white line down here. Tell me your favorite productivity tool if you have one that's quick and easy. I'm going to just leave with a tip, a quick tip there. And this came up last year before the pandemic is when you go out to a meeting, you can use Google Calendar, Outlook, the iPhone equivalent, iCloud equivalent, record the location where you're going. Then when you get into your car, you can bring up that appointment, click on the address and you can navigate there much quicker. It also works for Zoom links and so forth as well. I love doing so, that. That is a big, I'm a big fan of that as a tip. So I really appreciate that. Yeah. How can people find you, Zach? You can find me online, of course, at znfconsulting.com. Super. And I think what I'll do too is get the link for that blog post you mentioned about the various conferencing tools. And we'll put that in the show notes as well. So grateful you came on today. Thank you so much. Your brilliance as always. And I look forward to seeing you at our next Toastmasters meeting. All right, Catherine. Nice seeing you. Take care. You too. Bye-bye. And hearing you today for the podcast listeners. Exactly. (laughs) You've been listening to the Uncluttered Office Podcast, available on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and www.productivitybydesign.com. I'm your host, Catherine Avery. If you like what you've heard, please share this episode with someone you think needs it. I would love for you to leave a review on your favorite podcast platform. Your reviews make my heart sing and can help even more people find the gifts in their productivity challenges. Thanks for listening and see you next week. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM. Women's Voices Amplified.